Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by the TAC. The road belongs to us all. Big thanks to our presenting part of the TAC for pushing that important message that as cyclists, we play just as an important role as making the road safe for everyone and making sure that we get to our destinations in a safe manner. Uh, as well as our uh, favourite apparel partner, MAP, they've just released a new range of their Axis jerseys. Um, Max, I know if you pick yourself up a bit more, refresh the kit closet the other day. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about doing a ride uh, up Buffalo, actually, on the bike. So I want to look trendy out there. I haven't got it yet. I'm about, I'm, I'm, you you got to sell me what, well, what the I'm best telling kit you, is. I'm telling you, this is MAP. Obviously, map is the best, but also the yeah. But what map? These Axis Pro jerseys that look look cool. They got they're very Max Gorn, um, and yeah, I think that they'll get you up Buffalo pretty well. I'll look good climbing it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so big thanks to Matt and the TAC. Welcome, Max. Uh, another win on the weekend. Little tri- little trip to the other end of the, the country, but all smooth sailing by the looks of things. That's basically a trip to America. That's a completely different country over over there in WA. Um, everything's like you know, like America, everything's big. Like the, the the supermarkets are huge, the hardware stores are huge, like the every fast food place is huge. I feel like Perth's the same. Like everything's really, really big. Um, mm. They've got a mad COVID crisis going on at the moment, where like twenty thousands their number. So like no one was in the CBD. Hardly anyone at the game. It was a bit of a weird, weird trip, but we got the we got the W. Beautiful, Cambodia down south. Welcome. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me. It's um, it's good to be back again after such a short, short break from our last pod. Getting a little bit of rhythm here. Well, we could have actually done one on the first. It wasn't technically a rest day; that a transfer day from uh, yeah. It's still a bit soon. Three days in. Yeah. But you've been enjoying the race? I have been. Um, unfortunately, unlike yourself, I'm uh, not in the in the time zone to be able to watch it in the afternoon. Um, and I noticed that Max was in Perth on the weekend. Also had a little bit of a um, little bit of a better time zone, so you guys were able to see the big finale on on Blockhouse, which I'm sure we'll come to shortly. But um, catching up as much as I can. Um, you know, no luxuries of, of staying up late. Uh, now that I'm an employed person, none of this is a luxury. <laughs> so, uh, that's all part of it, but, um, really enjoying it. And then, uh, I'm looking forward to getting through the first, uh, nine days with you boys in a sec. Perth arguably have almost the best time zone for it. Mm. Yeah. I'd, I'd say what I did the other night was very good. Like it was, it was done by 11.20, I think. Mm. Perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, no distractions. Like it's, it's late at night, but it's not too late. You can you can do eleven thirty every night and and be fine yeah. the next day. That's There's no this weird issue. There was just this weird issue with Eurovision at the moment, um, which I'm not over the moon about. So Eurovision was delaying. So I, on normal TV, I did watch it on demand, so I was able to get my laptop out. But on normal TV, it didn't start till like nine thirty Perth time, which is eleven thirty Melbourne time, which you're talking about like the last forty k. So mm. yeah. Eurovision's cooked it, but oh well. Uh, do you want to go through stage by stage? Do you want to talk about your highlights? How do you want to? Hey, oh, well, listen, yeah. as the host, Alex, you you drive it, and um, we might just start with Max stage. Follow. We might just yeah. start with stage one, which it started in Budapest. Was lucky enough to get to Budapest. There was Hello. 
a gazillion thousand people there. Um, it it was cool to be at a bike race. Like it was cool to be there. And I think like, you know how everyone talks about cycling's a TV cycling's a TV sport. It is a TV sport and to watch it, it was a genuine pain in the ass. But to be there, like there is something in that. Uh, and having not been to Tour Down Under for a bit, uh, not been to Kedalan's Road Race for a bit, it was cool to be at the start and um, Hungary turned it on. The finish um, ended up with Caleb splattered on the left-hand side of the road, Matthew with the pink jersey. Talks through the stage, Max. What do you think? Did you try and get an interview with Caleb post-race? Uh, no. No. I don't reckon he would have been talking. I don't think he was quite up to it. He wasn't quite no. up to it. Um, I guess the thing to note about Caleb, though, I did talk to him pre-race, and he was so calm, like just cruising. Knew he, he knew he was up to, like knew it felt, felt like talking to people there. Everyone knew that it was going to be a, a sprint finish or a sprintish yeah. finish that he was the guy, um, but just so calm and collected, and no issues whatsoever. It was there was a lot of talk going into it, and we were talking amongst ourselves about a few of the riders saying that maybe the climb was a little bit easier than what everyone was talking about, and maybe a few of the sprinters might have been able to get there. And I even heard Arno Demar, who we were probably laughing at at stage one, to be honest, but now he's now he's now we've got egg, egg on our face. But I heard him saying that even he might be able to get uh, through the climb, and in the end, only one sprinter did in Caleb. So it shows how good Caleb was going. Um. Maybe as he turned himself into a little bit of a puncher and he can't keep up with Arno now as a as a flat sprinter, but we'll go into that with the, with the DeMar wins. But to see those three go at each other, I would have loved to see Caleb get a free run. It looked like Matthew was going to hold on, to be fair. Um, but I would have loved to see them get a, a, a clean run. That was an exciting finish. That's a great stage. Every stage, every tour, every Giro, every Volta should start with a puncher, little punchy climb to finish. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good type of finish where you don't really know what sort of ride is going to win. Um, we knew that it was sort of Matthew was the favourite, but when a sprinter can can get as close as what Caleb did, I think it's a really good finish. Um, and yeah, it was a pity that Caleb went down, but we've we've seen this before. He's the sort of guy that he's he's prepared to die to win stages, which um, can be good and it can also be bad. We saw this in the was it the tour last year where he KO'd himself on stage one. Or, or definitely yeah. very early. Um, so hopefully that hasn't taken too much zap out of him. He hasn't um, hasn't managed to jag a stage win yet. Got mighty close, um, but uh, yeah, a, a good a good stage one. And um, yeah, just but just before we go on, Alex, was there a lot of um, press, pressing of the flesh for you at the start? A lot of handshakes, a lot of uh, high fives with all the boys. You yeah, know, so many high fives. Been back at the race. No, no, I just went, went and saw, checked in on Bill Bouch. He's looking all right. He was looking good mm-hmm. for, for second on GC, which he's still a, he's still making his way towards it. Um, yep. Gave Caleb a handshake and gave Lucas a handshake, and that was that was yep. all my handshakes. That was it. Okay. And I guess the other highlight was admiring Wigo just standing in the middle of the square before he embarked <laughs> on his uh, Eurosport. Bradley Wiggins on his Eurosport commitments, just smoking darts with a couple of mates. Good on him. A middle of the yeah. deer where people everywhere. It, it was- yeah, that's great. Sunny's weirdly, on. Weirdly, we lost uh, in this stage. We lost one of the big GC hopes, 
uh, Lorenzo Fortunato um, for the Eolo team lost 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 a minute. Um, and also, weirdly, Lopez lost 20 seconds on Carapaz here, and he's still holding the pink, which is hilarious. Um, but every one of the GC boys got through, which was good. Uh, Luke, there was a crash that wasn't on TV. It was a kind of a couple of people went down, which I think where Lucas lost about 20 seconds, Lopez lost about 20 seconds. Um, yeah. And I guess Caleb, crashed, Caleb crashing into Yates winning the next day with Yates being at the top of my podium was the start of the... Um, just stop scratching your microphone there, Cambo. Was this oh, the start of this emotional roller coaster of the, the Giro? Um, Yates came out of the blocks and put in the hottest individual time trial the next day, which again was one of the coolest settings, starting um, in Buddha, finishing in Pest up the climb, packed, packed rows the whole way down. Uh, was a pretty spectacle time trial. Like what? And I know I always talk about the odds, but what sort of odds are we talking for Yates to win that time trial <laughs> over Dumoulin? He, uh, he was at 41s. That's crazy. What he did, and it shows the form he might have been in. And but we're, I don't know what happened last night. It could be the heat. It could be the knee. But the form he was in was exciting. Like that was, it was exciting to see Bike Exchange back up the front. Mm. I believe yeah, well, he put in a TT like this in, in Paris Nice a couple of years ago where he won and it was a big surprise. And with a really tough last K and a half, I, I, I could see it. I wouldn't say he was the favourite. Um, but yeah, it's disappointing that it's all fallen apart for, for Bike Exchange. We we're really quite impressed with their team um, at the start of the tour. And we don't often say that. They've put together a good list and I'm sure we'll come to it, but it's a bit of uh, where, where do they go from here? But um, I guess that they've won a stage already. They've probably got to hunt some others, but uh, I don't reckon they were putting that one down as a as a stage they were going to win. I guess just looking through the TT's results, Tommy D was the other one that was like at that point in time, well, second on the day. Um, Kelderman put in a good one. Kemner put in a good one. Hindley put in a good one just to make sure that uh, make sure that Bora competition was really lighten up as we hoped it would be. Yeah. Um, Almeida was good. Uh, Maxi, your man, Aronsman was good. There was do, we a- know if, do we know if any of us do listen to um, the podcast? Because um, Aronsman has now made his way to a three-year contract to Ineos. Maybe, maybe Dave is a bit of a long-time listener. He could potentially be. I've been on Aronsman for, for, for a year now. Um, and all of a sudden he's lighting up the Giro and Ineos, Ineos want a piece. <laughs> and although although um, Bardet is doing his best job to change this, he's continuing on the trend of DSM nurturing these guys out of the junior ranks, taking them to the world tour, getting some good results on the board and then passing them on to another team where they go on to great success as we see Guy Hindley winning a stage last night. So it's only a natural progression for that team. Uh, you talked about concerning before, uh, they it's concerning they can't retain that talent. Uh, I think there's there's obviously something going on there. Yeah, but are they are they potentially the only the only team that could be making bank? Like, are they making some dollars off some of these young <laughs> yeah. guys through and yeah. not actually just running at a loss like every other owner? Potentially. Yeah. Uh, 
day three, the first sprint, the first time we got to see this. And this was so, I don't know, this was something I didn't mind also, Max, talking about that the uphill finish should be the start of every, or that kind of unknown uphill finish should be the start of every stage of the Giro. We had a time trial, a sprint, um, and then we'll get to this, but then we had a mountain climb the next day. So we had everything just covered in the first the first few days. And Quick Step delivered the goods as as expected, as they have been. And Cav was the beneficiary of all of it. Certainly wasn't the normal quick step. Cav had to do a much longer sprint. Uh, Morkov was left. I think he got on the front of maybe 900 to go and left with 600 to go. So Cav had a long way to go. Um, Vanderpol screwed his up. He had a man, uh, Marzeko, going for the sprints and he couldn't keep his wheel. I don't think Vanderpol's done much domestic work where he realizes that no one can keep his wheel. Um, and, and my comical thing is, um, team DSM just not working out if it's Bowl or, uh, my Italian sensation, Alberto Denisi. Um, so, but it delivered every, every, everything. Arno Damar, if you were a betting man like I am, you watch Arno Damar on stage three, you realize that he is finding form, but I still think Caleb's the fastest. He just has had a rough bit of luck. Can't go break down for us. Well, I, listen, I, I don't have the tape in front of me and can't remember the ins and outs, but what I do remember is that the cab went long. He went really long. That sprint was was so quick. I think the last 15 or 20 seconds was over 70K an hour, which is just absolutely rapid. Um, Cavendish has still got that that pace and power that he had when he was you know, 25, 26. Um, and with that big win and... and um, Fabio Jakobsen getting rolled up a little bit into Hungary. I guess the the talk of the town will now shift to should Cavendish go to the Tour de France. Um, he's lost Michael Morkov here. He's had to go home through illness. So that's a big blow for Cavendish um, in the sprints going forward. But, yeah, for him to, for him to get a win here, it's, it's massive and really um, really puts forward a case for him to be going to the Tour de France as, as the sprint of a quick step. On just on like it was talked up to be the cave, uh, Caleb Cav showdown. That's all I was talking about the whole day. On, on of course it was. I think it was a two hundred kilometer flat stage, um, which you'd expect nothing less from the Giro. The Caleb's Caleb wasn't even in the picture at a kilometer to go. Um, his t- if you go back another couple of kilometers, there was a. There was a shot there where there was just like strung out teams and Lotto were kind of just like flapping out the back. And so it was just a, a case of him and his team just not even being in the mixer to even have a go. Mm. So I guess a disappointing start. This was kind of a disappointing start to him, which, um, yeah, well, I guess we'll get to the next day, which is where Arno, Arno was getting a fair bit of heat from us in the Giro preview for anyone that tuned into that. But this was the first day. He made it over the first climb. Um, oh, no, sorry, we got, we got the Edna beforehand. Edna first. Edna first. Uh, back to stage four, Edna, um, hilltop finish, but that kind of open hilltop finish where it looked like it was, it was a hard day to get away. Um, we kind of saw a selection, a couple of GC guys go out of the mix, but all in all, it was a pretty routine day for the GC guys. I thought there'd be more handy little climbers that tried to make the break for a chance to get in the pink like Lopez has for the amount of time he has. Um, 
So I was slightly disappointed. It was just Cabinet Lopez and Taramay that were and Van Seven that were really the four that could have taken pink, that that, that made their way in the group, and the four that probably could have held on to pink for an extended period of time. Like Cabinet, if he managed to get into pink, he probably could hold it for a little bit longer than what Lopez can as well. So um, we all sort of knew it was going to happen because Bike Exchange certainly wasn't going to chase uh, Ineos. Definitely weren't going to chase an Alperson. Um, I don't even think they went to the front once uh, in that stage. So they were happy to give away pink. Um, so yeah, the fact that Lopez was the man that got pink and came to won the stage. I was, I actually had a little bit of money on Taramay, fun fact. Um, but it was, it was yeah, a little, yeah. I wanted, yeah, I wanted more. I wanted more from that stage. I wanted fireworks. I wanted 15 in the break and maybe one of those GC guys that like a Guillemartin that you just can't expect if he gets in there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was a little bit flat. I think there were 17 guys that arrived in the in the GC group. Um, maybe it was a, a touch windy or just no one really fancied putting their cards on the table so early in the tour on stage four. So it did kind of have breakaway written all over it. Kamnar is sort of becoming the king of these sort of tough uphill finishes where the breakaway is going to survive um, and also your your man Rain Taramay so that wasn't a bad bad pick Max unlucky for you uh, pity it was Kamna that got up but I'm sure there'll be more chances for you going forward with these these types of uh, finishes okay. well the big the big news from this was the two old boys that one has eventually made his way back in Vincesco but Vincesco and Tom Dumoulin both got dropped very early um, and we were thinking big things for Tommy D uh, after the time trial, and yeah, so they were the, they are probably the two big ones. But Vincesco is now back on GC, which is phenomenal. But those two were the two big ones. This was the stage where um, Yates had the crash and his his knee trouble started. He managed to just you know find his way into that main group and and finish with the favourites. But um, I guess this was kind of the start of start of his problems. Yep. Stage five, uh, and I guess uh, the start of Bora's really strong first week at the Giro, really, really strong week. Stage five, um, as mentioned previously, cap categorised climb out of the holes pretty much, um, hang on for dear life. Uh, Alberson lit it up. Caleb and Cav dropped early. Arno dropped just before the end but made it back on over the top. And there would have been a bucket load of pressure on his shoulders to do, to win that stage because when else is he going to get the opportunity of a flat finish when Caleb and Cav are both not there and he delivered. This was um this was great. This is where I talk about the Caleb bad luck. So stage three, maybe a little bit more Caleb. This, I think Caleb holds on to Damar. I think he's right there with Arno. I don't think Arno's a better climber than Caleb. And Caleb goes for, I think it was a bike change or maybe a mechanical at literally the wrong time. Um, a little bit biased here because we're big Caleb fans, but I reckon this is, and then, yeah, so let's take that out. That's happened. Alperson do amazing things as well as Intermati Wante, and they both don't win. So more pressure on them for mine, but DeMar delivered and it starts Gavilia going crazy. The next two stages, Fernando Gavilia almost jumps off his bike and it's great to watch. <laughs> Yeah, we, we came down on FDJ pretty hard in our, in our preview, um, kind of giving them a little bit of heat for the copy-paste they they were doing from the 2020 version of the Giro. And they look good. They really look good. They they look like an old-school sprint train. Um, 
And I guess there was still question marks over Demar's speed, um, and he's he's proven that he's he's really really quick. And it does help getting delivered like he is, but you've got to be able to finish it off. And you're right, Alex. When you come to the line with um, no Caleb, no Cav, you've got to take that opportunity. And uh, um, and he did, and they and they've really pushed on with that momentum. As Max touched on to Gaviria in second, so it's just the start of um, Gaviria frustrations as there would have been a fair bit of uh, opportunistic thought coming through his mind as he goes, you beauty, like this is my chance to to clean up here. Mm-hmm. And yep. also the only time we've seen Azolo for the first nine days. Um, <laughs> yeah, to- a top yeah. three. He must have had about 70 of those Giro stages, I reckon. Yeah. He certainly, to be fair, he is he's riding the worst he's ridden for a long time. I don't know much about the the actual insights of cycling, but he just seems to be a long way away from it at the moment. Mm-hmm. I guess the other guy we haven't really touched on yet is Germay and how everywhere he's been since stage one yeah. uh, coming second. I think he's ran top five about four or five times since. Uh, it's I like I like this Wanty uh, group, how they've like, They've got a guy, like they're in and amongst it. They've turned their team around and it's cool to see them um, going after at the front, not just making up the numbers in the breakaway. Are you referring to... Pots of Evo. Yeah, are you referring to, to Gourmet or to Pots of Evo? No, we, we will get to Pots of Evo later in the piece. Did, just checking, did Pots of Evo make it in the group on the... Uh, on Etna? Etna? No, nah, he lost about 20 seconds. He was literally the, the, the first rider behind that group of 17. But then he really he, he he's riding himself into the Giro. Just riding himself into this tour. He's forty. It takes a long time for him to warm up. We'll give Cam, we'll give Cambo about twenty minutes at the back end of this when we get to stage nine just to roll through uh, his pots of Evo summary. Uh, the next day, another another sprint, and this was where we first the first sprint where we got to see the big the big three now with Damar in there going at it at the finish. Caleb was in the mix. Uh, just locked onto Cav's wheel like you wouldn't believe. Cav was there. Nadola was there. Bauhaus was there. Jermay was there. Thoughts, Cambo? Yeah, it was it was a proper it was a proper good sprint. Um, you know, Caleb's positioning was a lot better this time. He probably got the wheel that he wanted in Cav. Um, uh, and then yeah, it was a, a genuine photo finish, tight width in it. Um, Again, though, Damar and his, and his FDJ team, um, really, really strong, gets him in a good position. Um, just hats off again to, to Miles Scottson, who we haven't seen a whole lot of, of late. Um, but again, just finding his, his rhythm in that FDJ train. And, um, if you had said Damar was going to win two stages in the first, what was it, six days, I reckon we all would have laughed. So, um, he's probably the quickest guy here. And then the next time the sprinters go head to head, he's, he's going to have to be the favorite. Especially with Michael Morkov um, no longer being in this bike race, I feel like that opens up a lot of things. Morkov going all of a sudden, the quick step lead out train might not be the one to hit your wagon to. Max mm-hmm. is uh, Demar the quickest guy in the race. Um, I'll hold my judgment. Uh, <laughs> well, what, he, he he wins a reduced sprint, and then he wins literally because Caleb's arms potentially aren't as long as his. So it was well timed. Yes, he's won two stages and looked. And uh, second, um, the the thing that I remember from this stage uh, was I alluded to in the last when Gavilia started his um, losing his absolute marbles. 
Do you, do you remember this? Bowl was doing a lead out for Albanese and then Bowl tried to veer off to the right and just went straight into Gavilia's line. And then the three most mediocre sprinters in the race all just uh, go down and finish in the 20s. So, um, Ongamai, we didn't answer because we wanted to talk about Pozzavivo. He is literally the Peter Sagan. He's like the new Peter Sagan. He's a 22-year-old Peter Sagan just yeah. coming top five in literally every stage. The the good thing about Gaviria's sprint too is that even though there was no space whatsoever between the two DSM guys, he still went at it like there was a two-meter gap <laughs> and just tried yeah. to split the middle. Somehow kept it up. Um, well, the, he, yeah. I he got relegated for his... Yeah, the thing was he, he was so far back, so he needed to just try and do something to make <laughs> it look like he was trying to win. And then when he got you know boxed in, he just waves his arms like it was someone else's fault. So it's important to do that. Someone I actually else. think he's he's riding his best he ever has. He's just so's Demar and so's Caleb and Caber on another level. I think I think we're actually seeing the best Gavilia. He's not getting dropped in climbs, and he's finishing in top threes. Yeah, mm. the, only no him, the only problem for him is he's one of uh, he's an ex quick step rider, so yeah. he's maybe never going to get back to his quick step form unless he goes. Well, Formula doesn't Formula doesn't even want to ride for Almeida, let alone ride a ride on the front for Gavilia. Just important to note that um, Vendrame, Consoni, and Albanese were all in the top ten in this sprint. So just keep an eye out for these three boys going forward. They're obviously the inform tier two Italian sprinters. So I'm sure Maxi's already got them noted in his in his black book. But um, just one for everyone else. I- they're going to be coming up against the big German Bauhaus at some point, and I think <laughs> I still I stand by him winning the stage. He needs Caleb, Demar, and Cav to all go, but it could happen, which is possible. Yep. Uh, we saw a breakaway stage seven, uh, two jumbos in the group. Tommy D off GC back in the breakaway. Kun Bowman taking the win in. Uh, which they needed. They needed to deliver on that. They needed to get that reset after the GC of Tommy D going out the hoop. So a good stage for Jumbo. Yeah, this when was, you got this, two in the break, you, you go, you go, Max. You go, Max. This Where was really good to watch. Um, the, the the fact that Dumoulin sacrificed himself for a fellow who hasn't won a stage. He's been on the radar because we love our domestics that – managed to get in the final 20 groups up great climbs, but he's never actually won a stage at 28. So to see Dumoulin ride for him, I really, I actually really, really liked it. I really liked the scenes. I really liked watching it. It wasn't a boring break stage. Um, it was, if you had eyes on the Peloton, they did nothing, but um, it was, it was, it was good to watch. Good to see Yumbo win different ways. Did you also enjoy Maxi? I imagine uh, your man Molima being in the move second on the day. He just needs that one Giro win to get the hat-trick. I mean, it's a big thing. A lot of sprinters have the hat-trick, but not many climbers. So, Molimer's out there. He'll, he'll go. He, oh, he's got the pink jersey at the moment. So, it's a very unique situation for him to be in. And he was supposedly riding for Ciccone, who, I mean, we'll get to it. But just ride for stages. Please, Ciccone. Like, mm. I don't know what's going on. Every Giro <laughs> we say this. The cycling gods have <laughs> sent him a message, though. Yeah. What do we think about Formolo being in the move? Obviously, our mate is on yeah. GP, so it's okay just to send him up the road. Not, it's not too trek, just having your, your workmen up the road going after stages. 
I don't think it's a problem. I mean, it was never really going to be a stage for UAE to, to control. Um, sort of did have a breakaway written all over it, so why not put you know, a, a sensational climber in Formolo up the road for a sniff? Um, and, yeah, when it, when it comes down to that last 20K, there's a little bit of luck involved. Um, and, obviously, when you've got two riders, it's it's up to you to win. You've obviously got more chances of winning. Um, you cook more things up and... In the end, that that's what happened. Um, Tommy D could could sacrifice himself for Bowman, and just to touch on what Max said, it was it was good to see Tommy D was genuinely happy for his teammate. And I, I didn't know Bowman was was twenty eight. Um, it looks like he's about eighteen. <laughs> um, so yeah, to get that big win for him, it, it, yeah, they, they needed it because uh, the GC was was done for. I think it's an old school way of thinking to. Go all in for a team leader. Ineos are literally the only team that does it. Um, you see Bahrain often put people in the break. Bora have got Kamna up in the break. Um, and UAE do it as well. And Yumbo do it as well. So I think this is the new way of doing it. I think it's Formula the man that I think is the key domestique for Almeida. So maybe not Formula. I think Ulysses or Kobe are probably the better options to put in breaks. And they may be tonight, to be fair, um, as we're recording. Who knows? This could turn out to be a really good podcast. I think one of the UAE boys will get in there again. But um, yeah, I, I think Ineos the only team that don't do it really. Yeah. Stage eight, the street circuit, laps, and it was some some stage. The To Max's point where I think there should be an uphill, kind of half uphill finish on every, on every uh, Giro opening stage, I think there should be more circuits. In bike racing, this was a good tap at a watch. Max, and yes, this and the winner, and the winner, and the way he went about it, Thomas again. Well, there's multiple things. They've got all the yes. eggs in the Caleb basket, and unfortunately, their points aren't ticking over in the rankings, and they need wins. And they put two men in the break, having a feeling that Caleb was potentially going to get dropped. Who knows? I reckon. They, Caleb probably wouldn't have got dropped if they rode in the peloton, but that's bigger, having the whole team ride all day compared to just putting two in the break. Um, but it's it's the man that, I mean, he's been tipped to win every break for the last five years and hasn't got, like, he gets he's the first drop. He's miserably out of form, Thomas again. He's been he's three the years. Best, he won. The best Twitter follower I have, but Elon Musk, really. Like, he's 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 right up there. Um and again, Harm Van Hook completely sacrifices his last 2K to get it done. People must like, like there's a chance Van Der Poel goes in the break again tonight, hopefully age as well. People like when Van Der Poel gets in the break because it's all based on him and then they can get a little attack out and they can get away. Um, it's a shocking position for Van Der Poel and Gamay to be in. But Lotto capitalized and they got in a pretty weak four-man break and they got it done. The thing yeah, I love definitely about, wouldn't have been one they um they would have penciled in for a win street circuit around Napoli via Thomas again, who Max mentioned his Twitter earlier. I think he tweeted recently in the last couple of seasons that he he's just not not up to the level anymore. He doesn't know how he's going to win. Um, and here he is, twenty twenty two, winning stages um, of the Giro. So a real grafter. Uh, but also the way that he's like, all right, Vanderpol, Germay are in the group. Big problem. Makes makes the move that sticks with a teammate is riding for um, harm. It feels like until that final climb, and then all of a sudden switches switches roles after doing a bucket load of work for 
the last part of the race and then towers them up in the sprint. Thanks for coming. Just experience, mate. It's time in the middle. Exceptional work. The biggest, the biggest thing that happened on this stage was Guimard time gaining time. How did they let him up the road? Oh, this guy. Now he's definitely going to sniff out a top 10 off the back of that. Another top 10. Confidence gets some points. Everyone's happy. <laughs> <laughs> the stage nine, first GC showdown we, we got to see. Actually, you're watching it live in Perth. Yeah, that was that was good. I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I tuned in. I saw a lot of it. Saw about the last, oh, that 100K. Um, nice. And it was... It was good viewing Ineos. I saw when Castroveo randomly went on the front from about 90K on. That was about when I tuned in. And they're wasting, not wasting, like the break. I don't know much about this client blockhouse, but I feel like the break would have needed like seven minutes to be able to survive. Like the way these guys were going compared to what Diego Rosa could have done up there. So why Ineos going full gas? Like it just didn't really make sense. And why it was Castroveo, why it wasn't Swift or Tulit who... Didn't do much of a pull when they got the chance. Um, so I feel like they went too far in. They wanted to make a massive statement. They thought Carapaz was the best man in the peloton by a country mile. Um, and it bought them. It bought them a little bit because they'd got no time on any of their rivals uh, apart from Simon Yates. And Richie Port lost four minutes. So they lose their two-man sort of attack. And you look at Bora, they've got two. They've got uh, Bookman and Hinley. You look at uh, Bill Bow and Lander, both for Bahrain. Then you look at Aronsman and Bardet. All these guys are just like there's, there's two on each team. And any also left with Carapaz. It's advantage them almost. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good point, Max. It was interesting that they they really did sacrifice Richie in that way. Yeah, he blew the group to smithereens um, a la 2012, 2013 when he was riding in that domestic role for Froome and Wiggins, but you're right, to, to to blow him up, to lose four minutes, to isolate Carapaz going forward. So you're right, it was it was a big statement that they're they're probably the strongest team here, but I'm not sure whether it was the, the best thing for them to do so early in the race. And I know it's you know almost halfway through, but it seems like every year the Giro lasts two or three days is where it's won and lost. Well it it, it works if Carapaz puts a minute into his rivals. Yeah. Then we all go yeah. Well done, but Bardet and Lander are going better than what we think. I think Almeida and Hindley, like I love the Hindley story. That's great that they fought back, but I think those three were the better climbers, and if they actually had a bit of cohesion in their group, they probably stayed away. Um, yeah. But, I mean, we're an Australian cycling podcast, so we probably should have talked about one of the best Australian wins we've seen in a long time in Jai, in Jai Hindley. Exceptional. After seeing one of the weirdest situations that you would have wouldn't have picked from a million miles away with Carapaz going on the on the full gas attack and Lander and Bardet going with him. <laughs> what is going on here? Seems like we've rewound the clock six years. Those boys back in the top level, Bardet especially. Oof. I remember, I don't think it was that long ago when Bardet left. Uh, team AG2R to go focus on the classic season, and now all of a sudden he's he's sitting second. Is he second? Oh, the top five on GC. Like, look at this top ten. Uh, Valverde's in there at ninth. Nibali's in there at eighth. Pots of Evo sixth. Lander fourth. Barde second. Could be two thousand and twelve. 
it's just one of the it's one of the more famous steep climbs that I think suits a bit of age. I think these these long high percentage climbs suits a little bit of age. The bit the definitely the smaller guys, so Pots of Vivo and Nibbly they definitely carry a lot less weight. Their power to weight. I love my power to weight because I have to push almost a thousand watts to keep up with these guys up a climb. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that that that, that suits these the, these guys. I think Almaid is probably more suited to something a little bit more um, flatter, like an Aaronsman who's a big boy would probably be suited to something a little more flatter. Um, but yeah, and it's like I I just can't get my head around the whole thing around Hinley then going to the front to launch his sprints ahead of these guys with the names, and he's got a teammate who's almost caught back on. So Bookman's almost back on. And Hinley just goes full gas on the front. It's like Bora don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> well, but if you if you listen to his co- uh, presser after, he's like, I knew there was a corner at um, 100 or 200 to go. And he's like, all right, I'm just going to be first into that. And he just like was like, you know what? It's, it was a day of unbelievable chalk and cheese between for an Australian um, cycling fan. They had Hinley like torching the stage and I think – Cementing that his Giro from uh, his COVID Giro wasn't just he had a good field. He he is a top top tier bike rider and bagging stages and now put himself in a ripper GC position amongst some of the best names in the sport. And then at the other end, we've got the Australian team getting hooped with not even being present in the final of the climb, going completely off GC uh, and it all going pear shaped. Yeah, I, the other thing I want to touch on with Hindley, he he's a really smart bike rider. I, I saw in his his comments that he wasn't feeling great. Um, and if you watch that last couple of k again, when it's Carapaz, Lander, and Bardet off the front, Hindley and Almeida are behind, and Hindley's just letting Almeida do all the work because he know knows that he will. Almeida's just a big diesel. He's just going to get you back up there. Doesn't offer him a single turn. Just sits on the wheel. And then you're right, Alex. He knows that there's a corn with 200 to go. He's the first one in there. So I think there was a couple of things there that made me think, gee, this guy, this guy switched on. He's a, he's a smart cat. Um, and if he said he's not, fit, wasn't feeling a hundred percent on that stage, then look out everyone else when he has a good day. Weirdly, Almeida sitting at the back of a group for the majority of the race and then looking good towards the end. I'll never get a read on Almeida and no one ever, ever will. He'll win, <laughs> he'll win a yellow jersey from nowhere one day. Yeah. Um, some other amazing things and well noteworthy things happened. Um, my pick of Hugh Carthy going absolutely nowhere stands stands very very strong. Um, not even present. Um, and to be fair, EF are all in that same wagon at the moment. Um, Yates was one to mention, but Chaconi we mentioned earlier. Chaconi mm-hmm. uh, he called his teammates back, and they've got the pink jersey, and then he's riding by himself. Like imagine yep. if he lost the jersey and he goes to Chaconi and go, mate, you lost ten minutes and you're calling Mollema back. Can I have Mollema, please? <laughs> please, can I have Mollema? Um, and then, and then there's also the pink jersey. Um, I saw uh, got a little fine for chucking uh, bid on. I think I've frozen. Hold on. No, no, we'll get you. Campbell lost Campbell. Campbell I think um, yeah, he got a got a bit excited and th- threw a bid in at someone. Threw a bid on at Sam Ooman. Yeah, Sam Ehrman seems like a nice guy. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Um, and your man Bill Bow crashing, uh, crashing early on. But, stage. but this is part of Bill Bow's second place on the GC. 
obviously Yates, that was number one for me. That's gone. Um, but Bilbao second on GC. Just losing a minute here. That's all right. Just a little bit off the yeah. pace. But he will not lose more than a minute on any stage, no matter how grippy it gets. Um, yeah. So I'm still in. But and I'm, and I'm sure Lander will just lose his marbles at some point. Yep. Uh, we didn't talk about, I know we're past our stage line now. Another one of my tips with Astana was Lopez doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, and he did absolutely nothing and, and almost to a comical level, pulling out, I can't remember if it was stage two or stage three in the, in the neutral zone. And it hurts. It hurts. You touched on a little bit on the points and the UCI and the relegation. It hurts them big star because there's, there's good points up for grabs on the overall and him not being there. One, he must be one of their most paid riders by a long, long way. And for him yet yeah, to not even get three stages from the neutral zone, geez, it's not a good sign <laughs> for Stana. I think Flakey's about to enter back into the group. The other one we lost too on the last, I guess, in the, the Bora in-house battle of um, who's going to be riding for GC, we lost uh, Wilco after doing a super time trial to, to kick things off. Uh, we lost Wilco on that stage, losing ten minutes, finishing around the bike exchange boys. So, but where do you where do you sit with that? If bull, I get it's a three, and this is the this is what hurts when you have three leaders. Is Wilco goes down, he needs someone to pace him back on, and Hinley and Bookman have every right to stay, but Kamner, oh, do you bring? Does it, are they thinking they're a chance to get pink with Kamner for a couple of days, and that's why they keep him in there? But surely they they hold Kamner back to ride Wilco back to the group. Yeah, I guess it's a it's a real weird one. But also, like, does anyone get dropped and then does anyone get dropped that early? So Wilco was going out pretty early doors around. So around. His call was he got dropped on the descent. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Wilco had the mechanical. Yeah, so he, he, was, had, um, he, he was blaming the disc brakes for losing 10 minutes. Yeah, which is, um, I can't wait to hear a lot of the other cyclists that hate disc brakes because they all seem to jump on at once. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Is, is that is that a bit stiff on the disc brakes, Campbell? Might have been uh, listen, with the rim brakes. I, I think he was he was blaming that uh, they were overheating and then they popped a spoke or something. It seems... Seems quite far fetched. Um, uh, I don't know whether there was any praise for his teammate Hindley, who went on to win the stage and is obviously a massive GC hopeful now. But yeah. maybe there's still some bad blood from that Giro, from that Giro a couple of years ago, where definitely put, sort of blood. came over the top of, of Kelderman. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know him. No one knows him. But doesn't I think- seem like the best bloke going around Kelderman. But I think that speaks to Hinley. Like, he's just no nonsense. He's a crafter. Like, he, he goes after it. He's willing to do the hard yards. Things aren't going right. He can manage it. And then he can win dirty uphill bunch kicks. Like, you got to, as an Australian, you got to love the guy. Whereas Wilco's mm-hmm. complaining about his breaks. They're too, they, they're still, <laughs> they were still talking about their rivalry in the, in the uh, what's it called? The... Press conferences pre-race, like they, I'm sure, obviously they got asked the question about GC and the leadership in their group, but they were still talking about 2020 and what happened. So, so Wilco mustn't have let it go. Yeah. Well, did you guys did you guys touch on um, bike exchange and where where they're at? Uh, not really. Not not where. Maybe the question is now: where do they go? Obviously, stage mm-hmm. they're throwing their GC or their climbers at stage wins. 
Well, there'll be someone in the break every every stage from here on in. Apart from the flat pancakes, you definitely see Yul Jensen will get in the break. Sobrero, the Italian time trial man, will get in the break. Lucas and Housen will get in the one that Yates doesn't choose to go in. So there'll be some chances, but disappointing, Camber. Yeah, I just think it's a big hit for the whole team on the morale. You know, if you've got a GC guy, there's something to ride for every day. You're back there getting bottles. You're keeping the guys at the front. There's morale. As soon as your leader goes off GC and loses 11 minutes, it's just like popping a balloon, I think. Um, some guys now are, you know, just riding around Italy with no real purpose. Um, so I guess, yeah, I guess it is going to be stage wins, but, uh, you know, hunting out stages in the Giro, it's, it's really tough to go and pull them off. Max, how do you ra- like? How do you rally the troops? If I, I don't, I don't know Simon Yates at all, but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's like, all right, like that went pear shaped. We stuffed it up. Let's get stuck into this. Like, how do if you if you're the boss of Bike Exchange at the moment, how would you push some energy into that team? And and because like Cambo said, you could easily this could easily turn into an absolutely not. We're we're not that far in, but we're also at stage nine. So well, they need to get moving quick because it's based around their leader. So there's two there's two things that are going to happen, all based on Simon Yates. So there's two things Simon Yates can do that I think will boost morale. Either 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 way, one he blitzes it and wins a and wins a stage in the next two or three days and says, "Sorry, boys, I had an off day. This is for you. Let's pop the champagne. Great." Or second, he shows a bit of vulnerability and says he's not going as well. And he rides hardcore for one of these boys in a break and shows that he can take a back seat. Yes, I stuffed up. I had a bad day. But hey, Lucas, I'm going to pace you into this group and I'm going to get you up one of these climbs and we'll put you in there. So there's two ways you can do that from captain. I think it's based on Simon Yates. What Cambo said, there's a, there's a balloon popped. They could be walking on eggshells in and around the bus. Like it's, it's based on what, it's based on what Yatesy does. I like it. If he sits cold in the peloton and rides his way around Italy <laughs> for no reason at all, then I, I can't even, even if they had eight men and a nine-man break, they're not winning. Where does Imagine, Kendrick- Imagine if he had eight men and a nine-man break and didn't win. Cambo, <laughs> <laughs> have you got your eyes on any other teams that need to lift? Uh, well, Max has already had a little bit of a clip at um, EF. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, besides that, I, I, I don't. No, no team really jumps out at me as as underperforming. Um, obviously, there's some teams here that we we don't really expect anything from. I'm talking about the the AG2Rs, the Drone Hopper, <laughs> these sort of types. Um, but everyone else, you know, Astana could have been put in that category. But Vincenzo on Blockhouse puts him puts his hat back in the ring. He announced on uh, Processor della Tapa early in the tour that he's retiring at the end of the season. So this is sort of his last Giro. So, you know, he's a proud Italian. So expect him to really go down swinging. Um, so expect to see Vincenzo there or thereabouts, whether it's going for a podium or going for a stage. So they'll come good. But I think, yeah, they're, they're probably the main ones that we've we've already clipped. Bit stiff on Drone Hopper. Safasion who I knew nothing about until last night, who it turns out to be a daredevil on the descents and then got himself a bit lost. They've had like a man in every break, including two in the stages that no one else wanted to go in. Like they're, mm. they're, they're ticking their box. Exactly. Yep, they're always going to be in the breaks. 
Eola was sitting in their box with Diego Rosa fighting for the polka dots or the mountains jersey. Um, I think that's an exciting way for them to stay relevant. Um, Bardiani's probably the team that I dare say have done nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the pro teams like don't EFI went, but then Israel and AG2R you can stick in <sighs> right with them. Israel, yeah, that, that, sorry. Uh, they've had Nizolo, who's been top fives in a few sprints. It's not enough, though, is it, to get the get the podcast off their back? <laughs> oh, it's just like, and 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 I get they're all trying their hardest, but like, where where to for some of these? Like AG two R, I don't actually see where they get a result in in a Giro no. two R or Volta. Ben O'Connor, that's that's your Ben man. O'Connor. Yeah, that's a bit stiff on the Aussie Ben. So Ben, Ben's our man. Mm-hmm. EF, oh, Magnus Court will do something at some point, but like they can't be hanging their hat on Magnus Court and Rigoberto around for the rest of their life. Mm. And Israel, I've got nothing for you, unfortunately. Alex Dowsett will do a, will do a, uh, you'll get in a break. That's literally it, though, isn't it? How do they win? I don't know. <laughs> Alessandro Demarchi goes back to two thousand and nine. Yeah. yeah so we're like- on the I'm sure there's an Israeli supporter that listens to the podcast, and one of them, like I, I, I know I've had some feedback on how I've talked about Omar Goldstein, who's a favourite of of a lot of the listeners on Stanley Street podcast. So I'm sure there's some Israel fans out there, and I might be going a bit too hard on Israel. Did he get some fe- some social feedback on you, Chris? I got some feedback about Omar Goldstein when he decided to win a a, a race. I think they were racing a a fourth level race in Ethiopia somewhere and, 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 and Goldstein won and I'm glad he did. But um, And the critics came after you. The critics came after me. Yeah, well, Max, that's all part of being on a global podcast. You've got to take accountability yeah. for your uh, words. I would have gone hard a lot as well, but again, pure. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Max, have you got any stages you're um, eyeing off for the punt in the next week? Uh, I don't. I, I, I never look. I never look too far away, Alex. I always look at just the just the next stage. Um, I know it's a pancake after after tonight. So that you always look at. You, sorry, I take that back. You look at the next stage because if it is a sprint stage, the sprinters might hold back. And tonight's an interesting situation because you got a hundred k's of flat, and then this little medium mountain sort of finish. Last sort of climb is twenty k's, fifteen k's to go. Um. Sprinters probably do get over it, but there's probably a break, to be fair. I don't think they're really the hardcore chasing the break. Will Vanderpol be in there? Will Gamay be in there? Will they win from the break? I don't actually there could be so much that happens tonight. Um, but I've got to leave with a tip, don't I? So I think if it's the Peloton, I think Caleb gets over. I think he's highly motivated. Um and Lotto will happily do some work. Um, if it's in the break for bike exchange with a disappointment, you usually see disappointment matched with a break straight away. So maybe a Yul Jensen or Alperson will send all Dani. They're my two. Cambo? Um, yeah, if it's, if, it's, if it's a sprint, um, I don't know whether it will. I'm going to stay with, with DeMar. I went hard on him early. <laughs> and then he's, he's going he's on, on three one, stage wins. Um, uh, in the break, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a real it's a real lottery. Um, 
pick a name, any name, really. Um, put your put your balls on the line here. Um, This is great podcasting. Yeah. While Cambo has a, has a think about who he's going to pick, I think, yeah, Caleb from the group, after a bit of energy in Lotto Sidal after the um, a stage win, not from him, bit of pressure off his shoulders, good energy in the gym. Or I've got three options. Uh, Germay, if there's like that hut that inter, inter Wanty and Alberson ride hard around that final circuit. Mm-hmm. Or... Magnus, Magnus Cole puts himself in the break and takes uh, gets Max off EF's back. I'd love it to happen. I'd love for it to happen. I, do you think I enjoy Alex coming in here <laughs> and talking about EF every day? I'd love to see EF succeed. Cambo, who's your pick from the move? From the move, yeah. I, 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 like, I like the idea of bike exchange going out hunting and um, the, the guy for the job is probably Yul Jensen. Okay. Wow. So yep. we've 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 both agreed on a two hundred and fifty to one shot. <laughs> yeah. That's just for Stephen Sutton, Milan, San Remo like that. <laughs> yeah. Get get it on. Get it on, Jul Jensen. Uh, any final comments? Uh, well, we can just. I'm just going to quickly run through what I what I think will happen GC wise, and you guys okay. happy? We to could revisit our GC tips. Lopez, Lopez will hold on to pink for a little bit longer. I think it's stage 14 that could be the one, um, which all the other GC teams would like. Basically, everyone's in until Nibley, who's sitting 13th at three minutes, and then Aaronsman's 12th on 90 seconds. So technically, the top 12 can all have a shot. I, I think Ineos lose it just on base of numbers, um, and it's whoever out of Lander and Bardet is... Is going the best. So I'm going to say I'm just because I'm an Aaronsman man. I think it's bad. Eh? I think I think DSM do something. Win wins wins the Giro. I think the time trial might hurt him, but it hurts Lander and it probably hurts Carapaz to an extent as well. Unless Almeida, if Almeida's within 20 seconds going into the final TT, Almeida might. Yeah. Win, but I'm going. I'm going bad. Eh? Campbell, Almeida, Almeida is just a dangerous guy. He just never, ever goes away. He never loses that big time. Um, and, if yeah, if it comes down to that last TT, he's probably the best of them. But I'm going to stick with Carapaz. Um, I know that he doesn't have uh, another GC rider on his team now with Port going four minutes down. Um, but I just think that he's, he's really hardened in these three-week races. It's going to be a filthy day, filthy weather, and, and he'll handle that. That better than anyone else. I think Hindley holds holds in top five um, with the three big names and the fifth surprise packet for me will still be Mister Consistent of a Bill Bow slash Valverde. Valverde nipping into the top five. <laughs> well, he's next to Bill Bow at the moment, so and there's no more of those nasty little things that Bill Val- Valverde doesn't like. Those punchy thirteen percent climbs to finish. I don't mind it. I think. I think. Yeah, and Aussie skewed, but Himley's Himley's got to be around the mark, especially if Campbell's right on that he wasn't on a hundred percent the other day, and he was still calculated and composed enough. We've we've seen that he can go the distance in the Giro now. Um, yeah. I think he's going to sneak his way onto the podium. Carapaz to stay there. Um, Hart says Bill Bauer gets second, but I'm not sure that's quite. <laughs> The points jersey's game over. It looks like Demai will win it. 
because I don't think the other sprinters will be there. Yeah. Um, unless DeMar wins another stage and then, like, it's like stupidly, why do you leave? You can probably hold green if you just ride to stay on your bike. Yeah. Yeah. Youth jersey looks like it's Almeida's, although Aaronsman, I'm relatively bullish about. <laughs> the King of the Mountain could be the one of the more fun things to the, watch. The good thing about this Giro, though, is that the youth jersey is back in action as a applicable jersey. It's not just it's not just pogs. <laughs> it's not just pogs. All the old bros have made it interesting again. Yeah. Thanks, Max. Thanks, Cambo. Thank you, guys. Uh, check back in after Thanks, the next man. rest day. Great.